Welcome to today's devotion. Thank you guys for joining us here at BTC, Being Transformed by Christ. I first of all want to thank, thank you for all the faithful listeners uh, for these podcasts and joining us as a ministry. Um, just to let you guys know we're coming up at four years. We turn four, which means that we're still at a toddler phase in our ministry and primarily our ministry is just driven to online, but we're looking to expand what we're doing. So I'm asking that you guys continue to pray for us. But as we continue on today's topic, I sort of left everyone off with forgiveness. So now it's part two. Uh, we're talking about forg- uh, forgive forgiveness. I choose to forgive you because my destiny is is too important. I'm going to say it again. I choose to forgive you because my destiny is too important. We're going to primarily discuss chapters, Genesis, and I invite you to read from Genesis chapter 38 through 50. I'm just going to talk you through that. But now I'm going to begin to talk us through some other scriptures. So we're going to start off uh, with this scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. It says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on the heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and repentance, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whosoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you must do so. Let's begin to pray. Father, I just want to thank you for using me as your vessel to bring forth your word. Lord, begin to teach us how to truly walk in forgiveness, embrace forgiveness, as well as forgive others. We know that you said that as sin abounds, so was your grace. Allow your your grace to cover us as we learn to walk truly in forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. We first started with unilateral forgiveness. This is the forgiveness as we forgive other people that because we, this is, it's good for us. We're choosing to because we know the only way that we can go on we can't carry around things. It's by just letting them go. Even if we don't know, sometimes in some cases, we don't know where they are or they may be dead and gone. But we're choosing to forgive them because it's fine. We got to let it go. We got to move on. And that's unilateral. We call that unilateral because it has nothing to do with the other person. It has everything to do with us. Now, easily, 
Now today, we're going to pick up at transactional forgiveness, where when we talk about transactional forgiveness, we're saying that it's a decision to release someone from the things they've done from us that has asked us to forgive them. They may have treated us wrong and they come to us. Now, this will open up the the doors and the opportunity for us to reconcile or to continue on in relationship with them. Now, as equally important is, today we're going to begin to show you how the Bible directs us to do. As we said, by way of reminder, um, the last thing we talked about is creating a sinless. The way to truly forgive somebody is by understanding how much God has forgiven you. And we said that when we sit down, take the, the opportunity to write down every single thing that we've done and that we shouldn't be here. We've gotten away with murder. We've gotten away with stealing. We've gotten away with lying. We've gotten away with cheating. And God has covered us. For some some of us, we've gotten away with, uh, from. we should have, just like me, sexual diseases. You don't have AIDS. You don't have HIV. But all of the, the promiscuous activity, out of all of it, God has covered you. So the ideal, as you list those things and you look at how much God has done for you, it's easier to forgive the wrong of others. So let's go to the next scripture. Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 32, it says, be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave us. You see, in Genesis chapter 37, We see Joseph, and because we want to use Joseph as an example, because, you know, it's easier. Here it is. He's given a dream. God gives him a dream and a a vision for his life, and he tells his, his brothers. And his brothers get offended by him. So the fact of the matter, as he, they felt like he had a little bit more going on. I'm going to put it in layman's, in our terms. So I'm going to pick up where it says at 37 and verse 19, I mean 18. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in a distance. And as he approached him, they made plans to kill him. And then they said, here comes the dreamer. They said, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the scissors. And then I want you to pay attention to 
one of the things that they said. They wanted to know, let's see what would become of his dreams. In, in other words, Joseph, unaware of what they're doing and the things that they're feeling in their heart, there's a tempt on his life and he's so unaware. But don't you know that whatever you're going through, God already has your back. You, you see, as Joseph, unaware, his plot to kill him, instead, one of the brothers talked him out of the oldest brothers. He said, nah, nah, let's not do that. So in his mind, he's saying, I'll come back. Now, let me talk him out of doing this. You see, as I said, by way of reminder, it's easier to be for you. It's easier for you when you have to be the one to receive forgiveness than you being the one to forgive. So that's the easy part. But now I want you to see how even in the book of Joseph, I mean, the story of Joseph through your eyes, how imagine this is happening. So now they take him and they throw him in a, 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 a pit. And there he's without water. He's begging. He's crying. And he's pleading with them. And there he's sold off. And they take him up and say, okay, let's just sell him out to a foreign country. To a slavery. Nobody ever know. Our father, you know, yes, our father loved him more than he loves us. So, yeah, let's just say something happened and let's just plan this. I mean, we'll just get rid of him forever. Some of the people that may have hurt you on purpose, it may not seem right, but however, don't you realize that this is all according to God's plan? Sometimes you have to look at it from that perspective. If God allowed it to occur in your life, if he allowed you to experience molestation, if he allowed you to be thrown in, in, a, in a prison for something that you didn't do, if he allowed somebody to steal money or to lie on you, to take advantage of you and take money from you, then it's for your good. I'm going to go on. The next scripture that I want to remind you of is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says that if you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one what I have and what I have forgiven if I have forgiven anything has um, I have forgiven for the sake of this present land with the approval of Christ and the, it says to keep Satan from taking advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his schemes in other words the reason why we forgive others people is so that Satan 
doesn't take advantage of the relationship and the situation. In transactional forgiveness, as you're going to see, there's a, a, we forgive them once they come to us because we realize that Christ has forgiven us. We recognize how much Christ has been so merciful to us. The Bible says, and what the scripture is saying, is, as we forgive, God forgives them. We forgive them. God forgives us. It opens up the door. My destiny is too important for me to be holding on, holding somebody hostage for the things that they've done to me. I'm trying to help some people to understand that if you walk in grace, then that same grace is given to you. Many of us, just like our mortgage, we, we are given 16 days to pay our mortgage. And I know I wait sometimes until the 16th day. <laughs> uh, but the reality of it is it's due on the first. It's due the first day. We're giving grace, a grace period at work. So what I'm saying to you is when you realize how many mistakes that you make, it's easier to let somebody else off the hook. It's the bait of Satan to keep us holding someone hostage. So when they come to us and say, brother, please forgive me. I've sinned. You need to be able to say, okay, I'm going to let you go. The other part of that is, okay, does that mean that I'll open up that door for a relationship to start? Well, as we look at the story of Joseph, one of the things that happened is he learned to readily forgive. As you read, you're going to see just as they did that to him, God was prospering him. You know why God was prospering him? Because it was the will of God. The Bible says that as he was thrown, taken into slavery, God prospered everything under his control. Just as he was in the house of Potiphar, Potiphar recognized how God's hand and favor was with him. So that means that even in the midst of somebody causing trouble upon you, God's hand of favor will surely, surely be upon you. Just as you release them and you go on and move on to what they've done and let it go, you allow God to do the rest. And it says that Potiphar didn't what allow him responsibility over nothing in his household. He was completely in charge. So the next thing that happened in this life, just as it does to us, that doesn't mean that we're going to have a perfect life. But just in the book of Joseph, I mean, the story of Joseph, one of the things that you're going to see is Potiphar's wife came after him. She wanted to sleep with him. But Joseph Recognizing God's hand of favor, hey, should I sin against the man that's in charge of this house? He has not withheld anything except you. 
This is a, a, the most terrible sin. See, he didn't allow where he was to be an excuse. He kept allowing God to use him where he was. In the area of forgiveness, I choose to forgive because my destiny is too important. And I'm saying to you, that has to be your attitude. I choose to forgive. I choose. So now she's accused him of rape and now he's thrown up in prison. Now, how would he treat, treat her? How? This is another test for him. Will he still keep trusting God? And he so did. And so God prospered him while he was there. So he went from having a dream, his own dream, to interpreting someone else's dream. And he begins to understand that it's God leading. We're talking about forgiveness. What does that mean? As we forgive, we're going to understand the process of understanding that it's God that's leading us. So we do so because we know that God is in charge. Matthew 18 and 21 says it like this because how many times Peter asked this question? How many times do I let my brother off the hook? He keeps doing things over and over and over again. He said, am I going to, should I forgive him seven times? Jesus said, not up to Matthew 18 verses 21. I say to you, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wishes to settle accounts. He said, someone came who owed the accounting, owed 10,000 talents was bought to him. But because he could not repay him, his master took him and threw him in prison and and then he says that he, he took his wife and his children and everything that he possessed as payment. Hmm. But the servant begged his master to forgive him. Seeing that he was unable to forgive him, it says that the master let him go. This is where I'm going with the sinless. When you recognize and you create that list and you realize how much God has forgiven you, all the things for your entire life. And when somebody puts a dent or scratches up your car, cuts you off, you recognize that you have the grace to let them go. When you realize that you cheated on so many people and the fact of the matter is you find out that your spouse has cheated on and they ask for you to forgive them and they're doing things to show that they're repentant. You can easily let them go. See, the problem is what are you looking at? Are you 
looking to put them higher than yourself. In this case, in this, this story here, Jesus gives an example of what happened when we don't forgive them. He said, just as the master let the servant go, it says that a man came to him owing something small. And the guy begged him, begged him, please let me go. I can't pay you back, but please forgive me. And it says that he refused to. He instead, he said, no, let me put you in jail. I need to, but here it says that the people, the same people who has seen him be forgiven, saw what he did. And the master heard of it. And he said, shouldn't you have let him go just as I've let you, you had a greater amount than what he owed you, but I forgave you. Shouldn't you let him off the hook? He said, because you have it, I'm going to put you in a prison. And what he's saying is, I'm going to say this, you're going to be tormented. And sometimes people can't sleep. People, there is people on medication sometimes because of the unforgiveness that they're holding inside their heart. People are so angry because there is so much unforgiveness. They're holding their parents responsible. They're holding the teacher responsible because they didn't pass them on. They're holding the, the, their dads that, didn't, that left them a long time responsible. So they're being tormented. And this is exactly what Jesus was talking about. But he gave us this solution in Matthew chapter 6, the last scripture. The, the last few scriptures. He said that, for if you forgive, in Matthew 6 and 14, if you forgive others, their trespasses, their trespasses, their recklessness, willful sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, nurturing the hurt and the angry with the results that interfere with your relationship with God, then your Father will not forgive your trespasses. In other words, I'm choosing to forgive because I don't want my unforgiveness to hinder my relationship with God. Now, the last thing that we're going to discuss is how do you do this? When Joseph brothers, the opportunity came, the reason why you know you forgive is when you have the opportunity to get someone back and you choose not to take that opportunity. But in doing so, in order for you to decide whether to move on into a relationship, you can forgive, but not move into a relationship to continue the relationship for the benefit of you. But if you choose to, you still need to 
give it a season of testing to see if the person is really on a roll of repentance, really on a roll of making a U-turn and they're not just saying something just to continue to do the things that they're doing. So how did you do that? Look at the examples of what Joseph took. What he did was as the brothers approached him, he's now in the, in the, in the stage of in elevated and now they're coming back to him and looking to get something. They're in need. The Bible tells us that give your enemies a drink and, uh, and food and you'll reap coals over them. He said, vengeance is mine and I will repay them. So now they're looking to come to Joseph and to looking to get fed. And now he's at that place. He could have said, get them, put them in prison. Look at what they did. But look at what he did. You guys are spies. And he recognized who they were. They didn't recognize who he was. He bought them alone, saw what they said. In other words, he observed them right in their element. He sent them away to, and test them to see and, and say, hey, go get your younger brother. Let's see what they would do. He wanted to see exactly what they treat the younger brother the same way. Give, he wanted to see if it was all about them or was it about the relationship they had with God. He told them, he said, because I'm a God-fearing man, I'm going to let you guys go. But I want one of you to stay. And he said, go bring the boy. But even when they came back with the boy, he put everyone out. There's two things that we get from this. He didn't bring people into their issue. He settled the issue that he had with them between him. That's the one thing that you have to learn. When you're going to forgive and you're reconciling, you don't bring everyone into the issues. You don't build allies. He didn't tell them to first tell their father what they did. He didn't do that. He dealt with them first to see if they change. Let's stop right there. The tra transactional forgiveness is the most important forgiveness. And reconciling, determine when to reconcile is equally important. You have to give it a season to see if people have changed. But it's not your job to be God. You see, being BTC is being transformed by Christ, meaning that it's not my job to transform anyone. It's Christ's job. It's not your job. To, to force somebody to change. It's Christ's job. So when you walking in forgiveness, although you forgive, you allow Christ to deal with that person. Even if they don't change, that doesn't mean that you have to go back into relationship, but certainly for the sake of Christ and for the sake of your destiny and your relationship with God, you walk in forgiveness. Now, what does that look like? That means that if they're still doing the same things, 
I'm simply going to allow my grace to cover them, but I'm going to simply love them. I'm going to love the Christ inside them. But that doesn't, if they're not my relationship in relationship, meaning my brother or my sibling, then I'm certainly going to put a distance between me and them. I'm not going to allow them to continue to hurt me. I'm going to use wisdom. But I'm also going to continue to love them at a distance. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, where we have not forgiven others, allow your grace and your mercy to cover us. Give us wisdom as to who to reconcile with. Give us what we need and the grace we need in order to speak to them. Allow us to encourage them, to love them right where they are. Allow us to remember how much you've forgiven us so that we can readily forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to know information about salvation, and understanding relationship, the most important relationship is the relationship with God the Father. In order for you to truly be transformed and change, it starts with you understanding that it's only through Jesus can we have an authentic relationship with God the Father and through understanding that we can readily be changed and transformed and do this life. So the way that that first happens is by accepting him into your heart. I need you just simply repeat this prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm asking you to be Lord of my life and Savior. I believe that you died for every single one of my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Now from this day forward, take total control of my life. In Jesus name, amen. Have a wonderful, awesome day. And understanding forgiveness truly starts with us understanding that we've been forgiven.